You are listening to sermon audio from Grace Community Church of Gresham, Oregon. For more information about service times and ways to connect, visit us online at gracecc.net. So Christmas from a kid's perspective, is, is that how things really happened 2,000 years ago? Well, kind, yeah, kind of. Of course Christmas is the celebration of Jesus' birth. And if you've been with us, as a church family, we've been looking at why there is so much hope in the birth of Jesus. And one of the realities of Jesus' birth is that this is God fulfilling his promises. This is a God who always keeps his promises. In Jesus' birth, we have the fulfillment of promises that were given to people a hundred, over a thousand, several thousand years before he was born. It's just remarkable. This is not like Rogue One or a Star Wars movie that, that starts out in a galaxy far away. This, this isn't a myth. This is historical reality. Jesus was born some 2,000 years ago, and his birth is the source of hope for us because of the promises that Jesus fulfills from God. One of those promises is captured in a passage that's probably familiar to many of you. It's the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. And I want us just to spend some time tonight thinking about the fulfillment of this promise in Jesus. So let me read this to you. This is Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one? who has been born king of the Jews. We saw his star when it arose and have come to worship him. And when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them, where was the Messiah to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied. And this quote is out of the book of Micah that I read to you when I lit the Christ candle earlier tonight. This was written 700 years before Jesus was born. For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. There are over 300 prophecies, 300 promises that Jesus fulfilled through his birth, through what he did on earth, through his death, burial, and and resurrection. And this promise is a remarkable one because of what it tells us. I mean, we could look at the realities here and look at the, the, the truth that and the reality that King David, Israel's greatest king, was also born in Bethlehem. It was no coincidence that Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Because as we've seen in prior weeks, he fulfills all the promises that were made to King David and all the other promises of God. But this is what I want to zero in on is what does it mean that he is a ruler and a shepherd? Because I think sometimes for us, when we read our Bibles or we hear the Bible, we hear this idea of shepherds and sheep and sheep pens and what have you. The significance of that, I think, sometimes gets lost on us. Because this was a metaphor, this was a reality, really, that the people of that time all understood and could relate to. 
this was as familiar to them as when we talk about the internet and Amazon and Costco. I mean, we all kind of have a frame of reference for that. Well, so did people when it comes to talking about sheep and shepherd and sheep pens. Highly, highly significant. So God is told to be and compared to be to us like a shepherd is to sheep. And of course, we are compared in scripture to, to sheep. So let me ask you, how do you feel about being compared to that? Now understand, on one hand, we have to appreciate the reality that sheep were profoundly important to the people. They were literally, the, they provided the food on the table and the clothes on their, on their back. Milk, cheese, sometimes their meat, but the tents they, they lived in were made out of those. And they were highly valued, highly prized, very, very important. However, sheep also have some other defining characteristics to them. They're very dependent, oftentimes defenseless, and kind of have a me-first mentality despite the fact they are a community and a communal-type animal. I have a friend who has worked with sheep really his whole life, and he was telling me the story about when they would feed the sheep, they'd have to be very intentional about where they did that because there was this one time in particular they chose to feed the sheep inside this pen and the gate to the pen was not very wide and the sheep, knowing they were going to be fed, all made a beeline for the food and they got stuck in the gate. The entire flock, they got so wedged in there because of this me first, I'm hungry, I'm going to eat now mentality that they got stuck. Now, that might feel a little offensive to us to say we're compared to that. But do we ever have a me-first mentality? Ever been to a Good Friday sale? (laughs) Last year, no, two years ago, actually, I decided to give that a try. Thought, you know what? I'm going to be there when the store opens. I've got this little game that I've got to buy for my nephews. So I'm going to go see what this whole Good Friday go crazy thing is all about. So I was there when the store opened. It was, happened to be the Target in Wood Village. And me and every other person in Gresham, probably you two, showed up at the store right as the doors were about to open. The doors opened, and guess what happened? <laughs> we got stuck going into the store because we all tried to make it to the door at the same time. And I, I would remember thinking, I feel a lot like a sheep right now. This is crazy because sometimes we can have that mentality, but sheep also are known to wander because they're always looking for this. They're always looking for greener pastures. They're always looking for better, better food. They're always looking really for something better just, just over the next rise. And there's something very interesting about sheep. When they get lost, they don't come back because they're directionless. They really don't have a sense of direction. Now, just between you and me, do you have a good sense of direction? Do you ever park your car somewhere and not remember where you parked it? Are you one of those folks who will go out the door tonight and go, wait a minute, did we park in the back or did we park on the side? You know, and we're not going to watch you wander the parking lot. We'll help you find your car. But the point is, all of us at some point can come to a point in our lives where we feel directionless or, or, or where things really do seem to be directionless for us. 
And the thing is, sheep, because they tend to wander because they're looking for greener pasture, because they're directionless and tend to get lost and don't come back, sheep need a shepherd. This is a picture of a modern-day Israeli shepherd. And the amazing thing about the shepherd in that culture was that wasn't just a job. It, it, was, it was your life. The shepherd lived literally with the flock, never left them, loved them, knew them, cared for them, protected them, defended them, and yes, provided for them by leading them to greener pastures because sheep tend to settle for what they find. And even though they think they've found greener pastures, sometimes just over the ridge is something better. You'll notice in this picture I showed you a little earlier that there are sheep in there, and I don't know if you could see them or not towards the bottom, but there are some sheep who have found the greener pastures on the other side, and there are some who haven't quite made it because they're settling for what's on the side in front of them. See, one of the roles of the shepherd is to guide his flock to the greener pastures and to help them not settle for what's in front of them. Could it be that we are more like sheep than we would care to admit? Because do you realize there is no one who wants to bless your life more than the God of Christianity? This God wants to bless your life. He does not want you to settle for less than his very best for you. But unfortunately, what we do is there are times we think we've found the greener pastures by the amount of stuff we have or the status we have or the relationships we have or the job we have or the health we have or fill in the blank. We take a good thing and we elevate it to be the ultimate thing and we think that's what defines our life or we think this is as good as life is going to get. And like sheep, you rightfully understand that there are greener pastures out there. There is something better out there. You were hardwired to want something better, what God wants to give you. What in your life needs to be upgraded right now? Because it doesn't take long living in this world to recognize the reality that Scripture talks about constantly, that this world is broken. It is not the way God intended it to be. Because this thing that the Bible calls sin has entered the world, and therefore we have selfishness, and we have crime, and we have disasters, and terrorism, and all this stuff that makes us fearful and uncertain. Because the world is broken. We intuitively get that. That is not a hard sell. But the hope of Jesus Christ is that he came to put this world back together, to what, do what the Bible calls redeem it, to restore it, to repair it, to what God always intended it to be. And this is the good shepherd who promises to lead you to greener pasture. But he's also, as we saw in that passage, a ruler. He is the shepherd king. And therefore, when you follow a king, you do not set and define the terms. He defines the terms. And this king will not share you with brokenness. He will not allow you to stay broken and to stay selfish and self-focused and self-centered. He's got something better for you than that. 
but it means you have to believe and follow him. And to take that tangibly a step further, if this is the only time that you worship Jesus by, by, by how you're living your life, by singing these songs, by, by being here tonight, if this is the only time you worship him as your shepherd king, you are not following him the way he calls you to follow him. Because this shepherd king wants you to love him with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Because this shepherd king has come looking for you. One of the things that differentiates Christianity from every other worldview and really every other religion is this. You do not seek God. God, as the good shepherd, has come looking for you. Whether you are the sheep who is wandering, whether you are the sheep who has left the sheep pen, so to speak, and walked away, whether you are the sheep who thinks life is good, and, you know, this is a nice tradition that I do tonight, but this is about where it ends, God has made room for you in his kingdom. That's not the question. The real question is, will you make room for him in your life? Because this God came not just to be with us, but to get even closer. This God came to live inside of us through his Holy Spirit. But these are his terms. You must believe, which means that you follow him, that you trust him, even when it feels like you can't or shouldn't. It means that he wants your whole life. What we're talking about tonight is more than just coming to a service like this, as wonderful as this is. This king wants you to follow him every day of your life because no one wants to bless your life more than this king does. He came to rescue you from the brokenness of this world. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10, the gospel of John chapter 10, verse 10, I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. He wants to bless your life now. He wants you to have eternal life with him in the future. Do you know his voice? Are you following his voice with your life? Or are you listening to another voice? When I had the privilege of going to Israel with my wonderful wife and some of the folks who you've seen up here, I remember as we were coming down from the Golan Heights and we were on our tour bus driving down this road and it happened very quickly and unfortunately I don't have a picture to show you of this because it happened too soon for me to take it but there was a shepherd who was shepherding his sheep and he was not shepherding them from the back because shepherds didn't shepherd their sheep from the back. He was in front of them and they were listening to his voice and following him. And when our bus came towards the flock, he directed the whole herd, not with his staff, but with his voice, because he knew them, and they knew him, and therefore they followed him. Tonight, the shepherd king comes to you and once again is asking if you will follow his voice and follow him with your life. And how do you know that you've heard the voice of God? Not because you've listened to my sermon, 
necessarily, not because of what I've said, but because this is how he speaks to us through his, through his word. And so tonight, the question really is, will you make room for the shepherd king in your life? Will you follow him? Because 2,000 years ago, this God came to earth looking for you. So will you respond but by choosing to believe in him and choosing to follow him? Would you pray with me? Lord, as we sing this song about the holy night, the distinct special night in all of earth's history, when you came as a baby seeking us to free us from the brokenness of this world, to call us out of darkness and into your light, Lord, I pray for each person here that as we sing these words and think about what it is we're singing and saying, that we would test our hearts and make sure that we are not settling for anything less than following the Good Shepherd, the Shepherd King who loves us, who frees us from our brokenness and who blesses us with your presence. Thank you for listening to Sermon Audio from Grace Community Church. For more information about service times and ways to connect, visit us online at gracecc.net.